Hey everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss, The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Talking Baseball. Today is July 29th. We are inching closer to the trade deadline. We do have some trades to talk about. We got a lot of madness to talk about, Jake. A lot of people got mad. A ton of walk-offs, some standing shuffles, and a lot of good stuff. Let's do it. Talking Baseball. All right, let's talk baseball. Jake, how you doing this Monday morning? Did you say standing shuffles? Yeah. What are those? The standings have shuffled. The standings have shuffled. Okay. I thought you were saying standing shuffles, like that was a new code for baseball fights or something. I did say standings shuffled because that's the standings shuffled. Right. I didn't get the S on the end of standings, so I thought you were literally standing. Um, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get some hard S's going the rest of this podcast. I'm doing good, man. I'm uh deadline is sneaking up. We're what, 48 hours away, something like that. And we've we've already had some movement. We're we had some good baseball this this past week, this past weekend. Dude, there were so many walk-offs. Uh just just yesterday, never mind the whole weekend. Yeah, there were um, a ton of walk-offs, a ton of ejections. Yeah, so it was uh, a big weekend for baseball. We we were waiting for that kind of sorting period of teams that would be the buyers and sellers. We kind of hit that. I feel like the beginning of last week, there was really no more teams in that tweener area. And now it's just a matter of getting it done. And I mean, the, the, the Blue Jays and the Mets dropped the first bomb, but I think we're getting there in a little bit. So um, yep. how are you doing, Jimmer? I'm good. I'm good. I'm frustrated because the, the live won't work right now. And uh, right. we have a lot of patrons that... Uh, have live access we had some people in the chat that wanted to hang out with us live but internet won't work need to go uh need need this to become a real thing pretty soon for my brain i don't want to be producing this anymore basically but anyway we're good uh a lot of baseball it's getting fun it seems like we're later in the season than we are like because the trade deadline makes it seem like you have to make or break your season right now we got two more months of games but it's without the waiver wire, it's you got to make your move right now. And then you got to hope you it's crazy. You got to hope you make your, the right move. And uh, as a Yankee fan, you know, every all Yankee fans are saying like, well, we've got to do something. We got to do something. It's like there's two months left. There's so much baseball left. There's so much to do. But yeah, man, it was uh, a lot of ejections, a lot of walk offs and a lot of weird trade talks that are bizarre we'll get into all of it i'm excited about that i do have to say that this episode is brought to you by curtis cop yep or cope it's k-o-p-p i think cope cop that's cool curtis cop anthony loscalzo yeah good paisan uh bacon steak to go jake okay family name he's in he was in the chat missing out damn Spencer Griffin, I think he was also in the chat. Sage Gordado. Gordado, every day. Gordado. Jared Davis, nailed it. 
Jason Miller, Nate Killian, yeah, and Andrew, Andrew S. Gregory. Nice. Two first the, names. Those are our most recent Patreons. Uh, patrons is $2 a month. Uh, you get a chance to win a jersey of your choice. Uh, every month, two people will win one just via a raffle, and you get live access to this show. And once we, uh, once we get organized, I think we're going to try and do a lot more perks down the road. Uh, everything's kind of crazy right now, though. But we appreciate everyone that supports us. It's uh, patreon.com slash johnboymedia. That's it. Are you ready to get into the reports? Should we just head into baseball talk? I think so, man. Yeah, I guess, I guess we're we're going to cover it all. That's that's quite literally the goal, so I think so. All right. I need you to tell me what happened in the National League. I have zero idea. Perfect. So, 2 minutes, 2 our fake prom- minutes on the clock. Our promise to the people, we will not watch every baseball game. Uh so Jim Your National League report will start at the top of the NL Beast. The Braves score 24 runs to win the first two games versus Philadelphia. They end up dropping the third, but they'll take their series win to to stay atop the East. The Nationals drop two out of three at home. First, the Dodgers, who had quality starts from Ryu and Kershaw, step right up and greet the Mets, Jim. They sweep the Pirates, and they sweep up Marcus Stroman in a trade with Toronto. We'll get there later. Your Florida Fishies, they win a series at home over Arizona, Jim. Does, does that is that the hump that broke the camel straw for Arizona to start trading? Uh, they get some good – the Marlins get some good pitching and a nice walk-off Friday. Back-to-back sack flies for the walk-off. Well, hey – Jim will jump to the central. The Baby Bears, they lose two out of three to the beer makers. That's Cubs Brewers, people, including an eighth-inning comeback and our guy, Heston Kiura. He had a walk-off in that one. St. Louis, they lose the rubber match and the series at home to Houston, uh, so that'll happen. But they did win game one, so that's got to be a little deflating for them as the NL Central tightens up. Cincy gets their doors blown off game one. But, Jim, then they win two pitchers' duels against, that's right, your slump watch, Colorado Rockies. And then to the NL West, you heard the Dodgers beat the Nats. You heard the D-backs lost to Miami. You heard the Rocks lost to Cincinnati. But, Jim, do you believe in magic? The San Francisco Giants, they take two out of three versus the Padres, including an 11th inning Pablo Sandoval home run that helped them take the first game of that series. Los Ibero Gigantes stay hot, Jim. That's amazing. All right, so there's some interesting things here in the National League that, yes. like like we said, Jake does the report, and I, I try to do the AL report, so I genuinely am interested to hear what he's saying. And here's what I got for you, Jake. The Cubs okay. and St. Louis both losing their series and staying tied in the standings is fun. Like the oh, St. Yeah. Louis just tied them, so they're both they both have the same exact record. They go to a three game set each. They both go one and two, fifty six and forty nine. But now you got Milwaukee, who took two of three from the Cubs, one game back. That's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited for the NL Central down the stretch. Yeah, the NL Central. I mean, outside of the wild, actually, both Central divisions. If we're being honest, I know I'm I'm jumping a little bit. Um, those are going to be the two division races this year. The the wild card is always, you know, is always going to be exciting to to a degree, just because you got so many teams around there fighting for it. 
the NL Central, Cubs, Cards, Brewers, and even the AL Central, Indians, Indians, Twins, um, you're you're going to see some battles in the Midwest. And yeah, I mean, Cubs, Cardinals, Brewers, those are the teams that have kind of run that division now for a little bit. With a little, the Pirates were fun there for a little bit, huh? But I mean, those are the three teams. You've got Yelich on the Brewers, Goldie. You might hear him later on the Cardinals, and just all those young Cubs guys that. You know, Rizzo, Bryant. So coming down the stretch, man, every week the NL Central update is going to be a good time. And then the other thing that uh, widens my eyes is that the Giants did it again. Can't stop, won't stop. I get down, baby. Um, they they get the Mad Bum win, the final game. Him and Joe West having a good time. Old, old buddies, old angry buddies you probably don't want to drink with, but... Um, yeah, man, they, they win the first game of that series, the 11th inning, Sandoval. And they're, they're just rolling, man, and they, they went from heart. It's crazy how much these two weeks legitimately matter on how we view players and how we view teams. Because um, the Giants, again, their, their bullpen was supposed to be a lot of trade pieces. Madison Bumgarner's been getting traded for the past year and a half. And now it looks like everyone's going to stay. Hell, they might go out and get a bat <laughs> just because just they're doing the damn thing right now. So They are 18-5 uh, and five in the month of July. Yeah, that's a with, good way to do it. With about six or seven uh, come-from-behind victories. I will say this, Jake. They're two and a half games out of the wild card right now. Their, their division isn't up for grabs. The Dodgers have that incredibly locked up. But... They're two and a half games out the wild card, but they're jumping some teams. There's three ahead of them right now, I believe. Yeah, so they are right right now your wild card. Cubs, St. Louis, and Washington are all tied. And then you've got Philly, Milwaukee, and then San Francisco. So there's four teams ahead of them. So it's yes. still it's still a climb. But I'm looking at uh they play Philly coming up. They're ahead of them, right? If they Philly, work, if they Philly work their is, magic on Philly, if they win the series against Philly, then that puts them. I mean, they're inching closer, direct competition for the wild card. Then they go to the terrible Rockies, or the Rockies come to them. Then they play the Nationals and the Phillies again. So they kind of have their destiny in their hands if their magic continues for another week and a half. The Giants we may be like, holy shit. Yeah, and I, I think it's... Well, uh, everyone should be rooting for the Giants because it's one of the more fun stories. A, the fact that they weren't playing well. B, how well they're playing. And C, Bruce Bochy in his last season as manager, and they're they're putting this thing together. Um, yeah, I just... I hope we're not here in two weeks. <laughs> the, the Giants don't trade away any pieces at the deadline and they have a brutal two weeks. That would suck. <laughs> That would suck if this whole thing flipped on them and they were like, well, those three weeks stopped us from being sellers and yeah. and now we've screwed ourselves going forward by missing out on five prospects we could have added to our organization. But at the same time, I, I know that kind of went to negative Nancyville. Um, they're rolling and it's so much fun. Like this is what's this is literally what sports is about. Um, ha happy, happy for my Giants still. Happy for your Giants. All right, you ready for the, uh, what's that? Go get a bat, the Giants. Bring uh, bring Hunter Pence back. Why not? That'd be fun. I'd root for that. All right, sure. you ready for your AO report? 
I think I am, Jim. What what did I miss in the American League? Well, we'll start out here in the American League East. You did not miss this. The Yankees got smoked by the Red Sox. They scored 39 runs in the first two games, took the first three of a four-game set. The Yankees did salvage it, not get swept by winning the last game. They are uh, t- The Yankees are still 10 games up in the loss column to Boston, but that was uh, a chance to do damage at the Yankees. Got damage done to them. The Rays and the Blue Jays squared off in a series that was more about trades than games, I think. The Rays took two out of three. The Rays came back from being down eight to one after uh, the fifth to win game three and the series. But I think the Blue Jays had some other things on their mind. Some trades were going down during that game. The Orioles played the Angels and the Orioles almost swept the Angels in a four game set, Jake which that just would be super embarrassing for the Angels. Rookie Matt Theis homered twice in the final game, and the second was a walk-off to avoid the sweep. The Rangers and the Athletics squared off for a four-game set. Tempers flared. Oakland won three games. They win the last game on a walk-off walk. Always fun, but the opposite of fun, kind of. Houston lost game one, but like Jake told you, they came back and took the series from the Cardinals. The Twins and White Sox matched up, and the Twins took care of business, winning three games out of four. They kind of needed that because they were on a tiny bit of a slide. Nelson Cruz went off, and Michael Pineda had a nice start, an old friend. The Indians and Royals squared up for four games, a lot of four-game sets, and the Indians took care of business. They took three of four from the Royals. They stay hot in the fight but the story now is trevor bauer throwing the ball over the center field wall and not the good baseball the indians are playing tigers versus mariners squared off in a uh, series that no one cares about the tigers got swept jake a four-game sweep seattle had two walk-offs the tigers are now three and 19 in july and have lost 12 games in their last 13 gross the tigers are gross sorry tigers well, you guys got to like start the rebuild. I don't even think you've started it. Anyway, the wild card in the American League is dwindling, Jake. It's really, it's really a four-team race. Boston, Tampa, Oakland, Cleveland. There you have yeah, it. Yeah, Jim, I, I, think, I think what jumped out to me from that report, A, how bad Detroit is. Um, wow, the Tigers. They're the worst Good. team in baseball now. Like the, they, they, they don't have easily. Yeah, they only have 30 easily. wins. Baltimore, if you're if you're looking at the bottom of the standings, which a lot of people do, um, yeah, three three game lead on Detroit for the worst team. The Marlins have forty wins. Detroit has thirty. That uh, that's pretty mind bottling for Detroit, which is a pretty proud baseball city. But you're right, they uh, they aren't in the thick of rebuilding. They're at like the tip of the iceberg and and bottoming out and getting some getting some top draft picks in. So what really jumped out to me besides that, uh, Jim. There are going to be two good teams in the American League that miss out on the playoffs this year. Yeah. Um, and, man, it again, they're, they're another team. They're like the inverted Miami, the, the Oakland A's. We, we just picture them small market, pesky. We, like, we never fully give them the love or the, or the chance. Man, they are in it. Right now they're the wild card team. Right now the Rays and Red Sox are out. <laughs> And they're going to be in the division scrapping. And while Oakland's out there, yeah, they've got Houston. I don't think they're going to catch Houston. But, man, you're, you're going to have two, 
two teams with really high expectations that missed the playoffs in the AL, and I think that's that's what's becoming the story over there. Yeah. The A's, they had a, they they keep having comebacks. They're doing stuff right now. They're seeing the Giants, and they're like, hey, we want some of that Bay Area magic. Yeah, wow. Maybe, maybe that's what's actually going on here, just the, Bay, the yay area, man. Again, some magic dustings of rain. Probably not. Yeah. E-40. Let's see. The A's have Milwaukee and St. Louis, and then the Cubs. They got three interleague game series in a row. That's bizarre. No way. Isn't that kind of wild? Yes. That I. My initial reaction was you're misreading the schedule because that would be wild. No, they play the Brewers for three, then the Cardinals for two on the road, or. Oh, no, at home, at home. And then they go to Chicago and play the Cubs for three. So they have they have uh, eight interleague games in a row. Then they have a three-game set versus the White Sox, then two versus the Giants. So, yeah, your, ten, national, your national League Oakland Athletics, basically. Ten of the next 13 games for the Oakland A's are versus the National League. And not for nothing, I, I actually, uh, I mean, obviously we get to this part of the season and you if you break something down to 13 games, those games are going to be very important. Man, I kind of like that for Oakland. That That's very Oakland days of them, for them to come in and sneak out a couple NL series wins. It's just so we look in two weeks from now, 13 games, that we look back and we're like, yeah, the A's stayed pretty hot. They snuck up on some teams. Not everyone knows about Loriano and Simeon. Uh, I, I don't know. It sounds like a nice little Oakland days stretch. Yeah. The other race is in the central. Basically the only real race right now for division is in the central and Minnesota took two, three out of four and Cleveland took three out of four. So it stays exactly where it was with Cleveland two games back, I believe. Yeah. Two games back in the loss column. So, uh, good for those teams. I think that's going to be more fun. I think the twins should be more nervous than they are. Cleveland doesn't have pitching, and there's talks that they're going to trade away Bauer. I don't get it at all because he's one of their three pitchers. I think trading him away means you forfeit the season and you're two games out of the division. And if you go into the playoffs with Bauer, Clevenger, Bieber, that's a good one, two, three. Yeah. So I have no idea why they'd trade Bauer. If if Kluber can somehow get back. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what's actually – the financials and stuff, that's what that's what they're talking about in Cleveland, and they, they want to trade him while he's high. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's that's just not a message you send to a team. I, I think maybe that would make a little more sense if Houston were to go nuclear, if, if Houston went out and got Syndergaard or something like that, because then I just think you're looking at them like, uh, I don't think we can do anything against them. Um, that, that would take a, a couple different shoes to drop. Man, it's uh, – yeah, I, I, I know you and I got – we we were in the middle of Yank Sox this weekend, and and the Sox put on a display for a little bit. Um, man, it's so crazy how just sometimes winning one game in baseball can be so huge. I mean, I I think I think if the Red Sox won that game last night, people would expect a big topic of this show to be like, are the Red Sox are back in this AL East race? And then the Yankees win last night, and you look at the standings. Red Sox are technically back to third in the East. 
And it's it's just it's funny the images we keep in our heads of different organizations. It's kind of what I was saying about Oakland before. If Boston had won last night, I think I think you could honestly come up here and say, "Hey, man, some of those Boston teams get that magic going." Oh my God, they make if they if they snag Edwin Diaz from the Mets, Boston's coming for the East. Um, well, now I think I I think that's kind of muted all of that. I think it's in limbo right now, and next Monday's show. We will tell you if Boston's in the race or not. Because currently they're 10 games back in the loss column still. There's a four-game set starting this Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in the Bronx. And if they if Boston takes three out of four there, Jake, then yes, they're okay. in the race for the East. And, okay. and, and, and Yankee fans should be worried. But the Yankees can still – they can take three out of four in their building, and then it becomes – a what a, a 13 game or it becomes a 12 game 12. lead 12 game lead and then you're thinking okay you know so uh this yankees could have ended it they didn't they get one more chance and if they don't again then yeah i then i'm gonna start to get worried because the red sox are playing good ball yeah no, and you know it's insane jim and it's it's something i've stolen from you is about how how quickly baseball moves and just you you were talking about next weekend's Yankees Red Sox series, and I thought about everything that's going to take place between now and then. The trade deadline for both teams. What 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 are each of those teams going to bring in? Are the Red Sox going to add some relief? Are the Yankees going to add some starting pitching? Um, they each have series before they play each other. Are they going to pick up a little momentum? Are they or could one of those teams lose some momentum? And then what happens in those four games? And uh, I, I guess that's something that we're trying to do here at Talking Baseball. Is tell tell people how cool that is. Tell, realize how how different each of those teams' upcoming weeks can be. And uh, hey, tell your friend. Check out Talking Baseball. How about that? Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> All right, you want to go to see the trades that happened? I think so. the The storyline, some trades. There's there's the one big one, Jim. The Derek Holland one. Uh. I, I was going so guard, but uh, well, Derek Holland got traded from the Giants to the Cubs for cash considerations. Very ancillary piece. Derek Holland was in their rotation, got moved out of their rotation, went to the bullpen. Cubs have a terrible bullpen. We might be talking about that come slump watch. Uh, so that's nothing. Uh, let's let's do Strowman last. The Rays made some moves, Jake, and I like these moves because they they descri- they explain the inner workings of roster construction, which a lot of people kind of aren't familiar with if you're like getting into baseball and like why would they do this why would do that so first the rays have a lot of infielders on the il and joey wendell's not having a magic season like he did last year so they want infield help so they get sogard from the blue jays for a player to be named later so the blue jays actually they have some time to tick to pick two pitchers from a group of four pitchers in the lower levels so the, the Rays said, out of these four pitchers, by this date, you can pick the two, which is like a fun way to trade, that that's yeah. like allowed. Some thoughts. The Blue Jays picked up Sogard on a minor league contract because no one wanted him as a free agent, and he played so well that they can now trade him and get two minor league pitchers back. I like when uh, that happens to teams. They take a chance on a minor leaguer, and then he, they and then they get rewarded for it. So good for the Blue Jays there. That's fun. You need to be in a position to kind of ride out a minor leaguer to do it, but still fun. Anyway, so now the Rays, they got a lot of guys on their 40, on their 60-day DL. 
Glass now, and there's someone else I'm blanking. And when they come off the 60-day DL, they need to be put on the 40-man. So they need to clear room on the 40-man roster for Sogard and for their injured players. So they traded Hunter Wood and Christian Arroyo. Christian Arroyo is actually on the 60-man DL, and Hunter Wood's a reliever. They trade them to the Indians for international bonus money and minor leaguer Ruben Cardenos. Um, and yeah, that trade was basically just a clear space because Hunter Wood and Christian Arroyo don't have any options left, Jake. So it's either DFAM or trade them. There's so many of these movies that go on in baseball and you don't really know the reasons behind them. Yeah, and uh, Hunter Wood, he'll be comfortable in Cleveland. He's uh, he he was the king pirate for Tampa out of their bullpen. Yeah, he's um, so he's, he's a gross pirate. Him and him and Mikey Clevenger are are gonna have a good time out there sharing some hair product. Um, yeah, and that's uh, I, you you summed it up pretty good, man. I'm there's there's the 25 man and the 40 man roster, and you got to navigate things sometimes with the options. So. The Rays, uh, the Rays were navigating around that, and yeah, man, good, good for the Jays for getting anything for Sogard. Sogard's 2018, man, was uh, unbelievably bad when he was getting some run for the Brewers. He's had a nice little year in Toronto. A lot of it does look fluky to some of the advanced stats. Not, not to be Debbie Downer. I think he's got one of the lowest hard hit rates and one of the lowest wobas. Whoa, there's an advanced stat for a couple people if you want it. But uh, yeah, no, I, dude, he just he's. Doesn't Eric Sogard feel like a Tampa guy? Like, <laughs> they're just going to move him around a little. He's going to give you some pesky at bats. And, you know, some of them are going to end well. Some of them aren't. I, I mean, he is going to, he feels like he's future Joey Wendell or, or something like that. There's uh, reports that they might try to flip Sogard. Sure. All right, I get it. And then the international bonus money, if you're not familiar with that, if we have any like, you know, new to baseball listeners, each team is allotted some money to go sign international players, but you can trade that money to other teams. Uh, and uh, some teams covet international bonus money, the Yankees do, and some teams don't care for it that much yet. So the Rays just got 250K of that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Cause that Christian Royal Hunter would for money. Like you don't really know what that is all about. So it's very much just roster construction moves and not like the Indians really wanted these guys. Hey, Hunter Wood. I've seen him throw some innings. Yeah, oh yeah. And he is gonna have a, a lot of fun with Clevenger talking about hair. They're like, Oh, oh yeah. what do you put in your hair? Nothing. What do you put in yours? Oh nothing. Oh, that's they, why these both look gross. We might be able to get like one of those poorly made local commercials out of Hunter Wood and Mike Clevenger, if we're lucky. Okay, I like that. If we're lucky. So that's um, that's some of what, what to watch for there. The, the big trade is Marcus Stroman from the Blue Jays to the Mets. Marcus Stroman has this season and next season on the books, so the Mets have him for 2020 as well. They traded two pitching prospects to the Blue Jays, one is like a rising prospect. They both, uh, they're neither of them are top 100, right? Like, like I think uh, you can, anyone that says they're really good, they're like minor league lovers. Yeah, I mean, it, so it, it was Anthony Kay, uh, former first round pick 
uh, for the Mets. He, uh, I, I don't know. He had, he was looking really strong in Double A this year. He got called to Triple A. He's getting knocked around a little bit, but is a former first round pick, Jim, out of UConn. How about that? Go Huskies. Um, but yeah, not not listed as a top 100 prospect. He's 24 years old. Um, I, I I mean, there's a good. There's a chance he's he's going to get a shot in the major leagues at some point. It's it's what are you? I guess you could say that with any prospect. And then yeah, Simeon Woods Richardson. He's a uh, he's the rising prospect. He's still a kid. He he turns 19 in in a in a couple months. And he was a second round pick by the Mets. And he's the one that I I think people are getting high on. He's got some high strikeout rates in the minor leagues right now. 78.1, 97 strikeouts. But Jim, all all of those stats and all that information is a long-winded way of saying that neither of these two guys are highly touted. I'm, I mean, they're, they're two pitchers that I think you can like and you can say have some serious major league potential. Um, but one's a kid and one's close to the bigs and not, not a big time prospect. So it kind of, kind of goes with your theory slash, I, I mean, truth that, that, you know, a lot of trade halls get way overblown and this is yeah. one of them. Yeah. If you were like, what's Stroman worth, Stroman, what's Stroman, what's Stroman worth? Everyone was saying higher than this. And I don't know, but I was trying to tell people like, it's always lower. It's always lower than what you think. Dude, this kid's a kid. He's 18 years old. Yeah. Wow. Just graduated high school, Sugarland, Texas. He was a second-round pick in 2018. So, like, whatever. Uh, we have probably some people on, uh, unfamiliar with, with me. Uh, I'm very cynical and skeptical of prospects. So... Some people yeah. see prospects as, you know, a lottery ticket. Some people see lottery tickets as lottery tickets. I see them as a piece of trash. Ooh, hello. Well, uh, actual lottery tickets. Yeah, and I mean, that's, oh, the actual lottery tickets. I don't see this um, kid as a piece of trash. He's well, you've got talent. I mean, it sounds, well, people are talking, man. No, I'm a um, big Simeon Woods Richardson fan. You can't have three names and not amount to anything. 6-3-2-10, big boy. Um yeah, Jim, and it's it's where the prospect game gets so tricky, and uh, lottery tickets almost works out in a good and a bad way because it it almost turns into a numbers game. Like, go out and grab. <laughs> we we we've seen Brian Cashman do it with the Yankees, and now Domingo Herman is part of that. Just get a couple different bodies in the trade because you never know you never know what a prospect is really going to turn out to be. Um, I know I was digging through some old stuff the other day. Jim, you know our guy Jordan Alvarez, who's been killing it for the Astros? Yeah. He was traded um, at the deadline in 2016 for reliever Josh Fields. So that was Houston and the Dodgers trading. And they got Josh Fields, who pitched a couple important relief innings, but uh, it was Josh Fields. And now, here we are, modern day, Jordan Alvarez looks like he might be one of the bigger power threats uh, in the AL for a while. So you, you kind of never know what you're getting into. And that's you and I were talking briefly last night and it's, it's funny. Like we don't, we genuinely just don't know like what the Jays top scout could have been in the room. They, maybe there's something that we would view as just people that watch the game regularly and say like, Oh, they could have got that guy and that guy for Strowman. They're pretty good. But if the blue Jays head scout is in there hammering the table saying, I love these two prospects. They're easily the best haul we can get. 
maybe that's how the decision gets made. I, I think you're right. The output or the return for a lot of these trades does get overblown. But I think, Jim, e- even with that hat on, this was a little bit of a, a shallow return than a lot of people expected. Yeah, and big news is that Woods Richardson puts both of those last names on his jersey, so yeah. it's so many letters. It's okay. like more than Saltolamacchia, who I think used to have the record for most letters. It's, so it's we, literally almost a circle. So we Woods are Richardson. big, big Simeon Woods Richardson fan is what you're telling me. No, I don't like that look. You guys got to wow. do like W. Richardson. You can't have both names on there. It's too, The jersey looks ridiculous. Wow, damn. It's a tough break, and I'm sorry about it, but your jersey looks crazy. It's too many letters. That's tough. That's tough. Anyway, what does this mean, Jake? What does this mean? The Mets are six games out of the wild card with a bunch of teams ahead of them. Are they are they going to flip Syndergaard? Or not flip. Are they going to trade Syndergaard and keep Stroman? Like, that's what I would think. Mets fans are like, oh, we got a rotation of Stroman, DeGrom, Wheeler, Syndergaard now. It's like you've had uh, the best rotation on paper for the last six years you've had the best rotation on paper going one of them them. a top rotation on paper you haven't done a thing with it so like i think they're gonna trade Syndergaard. yeah i think there's funny uh buster only dropped the nuke and he was like yeah rival scouts are saying you know marcus stroman paired up with one of the worst defensive infields in our history with his ground ball rate (laughs) it's just like shots fired off the bat um I don't know man and and Jim will I'm so excited to see this deadline play out because I I mean a couple things we haven't really talked about so now that that's out on Syndergaard and the Mets got Stroman can't teams kind of lowball the Mets like can't they be can't they be like, well, you okay, so you went out and got Stroman, which means you want to flip Cindergard. Well, if you're gonna move him, here's our offer. Like, haven't they just lost some leverage? Oh, I thought of it the opposite way. I thought of oh, it as now that Cindergard's available, teams are gonna rush there and they're gonna know that every other team is rushing there and they're gonna the Mets are gonna get like a ton of fantastic offers. Like, if this was proof that Syndergaard's available with two more years of control and this year, because if he's a game changer this year, like, even as a rental, he's kind of right. can be a game changer. Then you get two more years. I took it as the Mets are going to get 10 times the offers because now the Yankees are going to try and block the Astros who are going to try and block the Indians are going to try and block Minnesota. You got the Padres who are interested. I mean, I thought it was like, I thought he's a mad dash. Oh, see, I don't know, man. I, I mean, now that they brought him in and it's out there, uh, I think you're right. Maybe there's a chance. I, I think, but Jim, what if I told you this deadline passes and Syndergaard is still a Met and so is Stroman? I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shocked by anything the Mets do. Right. That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, you, that, I guess that would be my counter to you is that you're, you're basically saying in those words that they got Stroman and we liked that deal because there weren't any really big prospects. And now you're saying that the Mets are going to turn Syndergaard into this great return. I mean, just think of all the words you're saying. Those are, those are words that just don't add up. That's, that's me getting hopeful for the New York Knicks. It, it just, it's a bad idea and it doesn't make sense. I don't, yeah, I'm not following. I think it makes like a lot of sense. 
Oh, I'm saying the Mets doing it because the Mets don't do good things like this. Oh, you're saying the move makes sense, but the Mets doing it doesn't make sense because the Mets don't do moves that make sense. Correct. I'm following now. Yeah, we'll see, man. I don't know. Uh, they should because, like I said, they've had good pitching for a while, and they have good hit. I don't know what's wrong with the Mets, man. But Buster only dropping that nuke of a tweet like uh, Stroman's the biggest ground ball pitcher and the Mets have the worst infield defense. Get him, yeah. Buster. Like historically bad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, hey, Bro- Brody Van GM likes the spotlight. It's going to be on them for the next 48 hours to see what they can do. And, Jim, that, that might even be the craziest part. They're, they're, what, six games out of the wild card? This might have been a Mets, like, we're going for it move, which that that's, could even be the craziest part. <sighs> the Mets going for it. Who knows? Like I said, there's two months of baseball left. If that's the message they wanted to send to their team and their fan base, it's, I'm not mad at that message. Like, if, if the Mets do say, we got Stroman, and they make, like, another move for whatever else they need. Relief pitching, defense, offense, <laughs> baseball players. Well, if they do something like that, Jake, I'm not going to be mad at a team for trying to go for it. Uh, I think you just were because you said that formula hasn't worked. <laughs> no, but they, they, need, they need, like, off. they've never tried to get good offense. All their moves have been so stupid. That's what I'm saying. So I don't think you can just give them credit for going against Roman with with everything else you just said. No, I said I'd give them credit if they go went out and got two more pieces. Right. I mean, it, for for the New York fan base, like that's better than selling. They may win over some Mets fans. Like our Mets fan was excited. Our friend. But what if what if they don't do any other moves? That's what I'm saying. Then that's dumb. Okay. They either need to sell Syndergaard for a great return or they need to go trade more. They should sell Syndergaard for, like, is there a help now return out there for him? I don't think so. I mean, depends what you consider help now and depends who you consider available. Yeah, that's such a weird move. And I feel bad for Stroman. As as much as you as much as people don't want to like admit it, like they're like, look at his tweet. He's happy. I'm like, okay, look at his tweet. Okay. Yeah. That as if he's going to tweet out, fuck this. They said there was a big commotion in the locker room. He wanted to go to a contender, Jake. He was tweeting out second half savage. He wanted to go to the Yankees. Yeah, or anywhere. Like he was liking. I mean, he's he's from he's from New York. He said on R two C two. I mean, the dude wanted to go to the Yankees. (laughs) Yeah, and there was like he had liked tweets about him going to the Braves. Like he just wanted to go to a contender, and the Mets are six games out. And they're just an inept organization, so kind of a bummer. Boom. Kind of a bummer for him. Sorry, Mets fans. Congrats. I'm rooting for the Mets. Good, good luck. Good luck. All right, you want to get into uh, everything else, all the fun stuff? I think so. I like the fun stuff. You like the fun stuff? All right, let's go to Jake's standout performance. Jake's standout performance. Standout uh, performance, Jake. Who had a performance that lit up your eyes? Let me get a little smelling salts before I before I say this on the air. Um, Jim, we are we are such Yankee homers. It's all we do. Um, so there's no way that I, I'm making my standout performance, Mookie Betts. 
Jim, we we got we got to see it. Um, four for five. He had a three homer game. Um, just popping balls over the monster. Sent him into Lansdowne Street. Uh, five RBIs. Jim, his batting average in July is up 20 points. His OPS is up 50 points in July. He's slashing 366, 462 with a 1.088 OPS. A lot, a lot closer to his MVP numbers than he has been. Jim, the the Red Sox shoved this weekend and they needed it, um, and they need this guy. I mean, man, it it it's kind of nuts that we've been looking at the Red Sox lineup this year, and Mookie's been there, but he hasn't been Mookie, um, and he's starting to show signs of that. The guys leading the Red Sox offense are Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts, and I, I think if you're on the outside world, especially if you saw what they did last year, it was so special. Betts, Benintendi, J.D. Martinez, and then, you know, they'd normally throw someone in that four-hole. If it was a lefty, they'd throw Steve Pearson there, and he'd maul you. But those three were so vicious to get through. And now with the year Bogarts and Devers are having, man, if Betts gets it going like he has been, J.D. Martinez has been good. Um, he's got another gear in there. You wonder if he finds that. And Ben Intendi, he had a huge weekend. You wonder if he gets it going. But this weekend, Jim, a chunk of their season was on the line. They held serve at home. They put up huge runs. And, uh, I mean, that one performance by Mookie, they, you, you crack the level on the other side. When, when it's happening against your team, you're like, how can we possibly be letting him go for a third one? But uh, special players will do that to you, too. And he, uh, <laughs> he, he, had, he had a pitch to hit for his fourth home run. He only hit a double on it. So um, regression happens to the best players. But I'm, uh, I'm giving it to the Mook man, especially if, if the Sox want to do this thing going forwards. Good for the Mook man. Yeah. Three home runs. Three home run performance is good. James Paxton is bad. Yeah. You might, uh, might hear you, him mentioned briefly later. You can't do uh someone tried to play that game with me yesterday because I said GR Shell is locked in and they're like, You mean Chris Sale's just bad? And it's like, well, not everyone's hitting the ball that way. Like like James Paxton's yeah. bad, but not every player hit three home runs. So Mookie gets no. a ton of credit for being None of them did. None of them did, yeah. But people like to play that game. Oh yeah. Yeah. My standout performance is a pitcher, Jake. Who's your standout performance, Jim? Did one of the more fun things in baseball in present day because it's so rare. Yeah. Steven Matz pitched a Maddox. If you're not familiar, Mets, baby. a Maddox is a complete game shutout in less than 100 pitches. And guess what? The game ended on his 99th pitch, Jake. Yeah, he had to. He was forced to. I think the, I think the hitter put it in play, which is great. 99th pitch, five hits, seven Ks, Zero walks. This is where it gets weird, this performance. Great job by Steven Matz. It's the best outing of his life. The Pittsburgh Pirates, Jake, they had a base runner in five of nine innings. Yet he still kept the pitch count under 100 in a complete game show. Isn't that bizarre? A little bit. I, I mean, those that can end up helping you out sometimes if you get a couple double plays, but yeah. Only one. Only one double play. Yeah. I was crazy. I was like, wait, what? How did the, like the Pirates had a lot of guys on base for a complete game shutout under, under 100 pitches. But anyway, good for Steven Matz. I don't know what his future holds with uh, 
with the Mets. Him and Stroman can become buddies. They're both Long Island guys, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I'm sure I, that story will definitely leak out in a, in a week or two that Mats Mats and Stroman played against each other or something. Um, yeah, right now the Mets: uh, Degrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, Mats, Vargas, and Stroman. So some someone's got to move, otherwise the Mets are going full six man. Which again, don't just just don't be surprised by whatever the Mets do. <laughs> um, where's Ward Melville? That's where that's I want to I wonder if they did. Are they the same age Stroman and uh Stroman and um Mats cuz that is fun if they're like f- the same age from the same area now on the same team. Like if there's yeah, a I chance that they played together. Well, Mats is 28, I believe. So he's older. Um, and, and Stroman How old Stro? He's got to be around there, right? Marcus Stroman is 28. 28 wow he's medford new york so yeah yeah we'll uh so watch out for that story yeah they're both from long island i wonder if they played against each other in high school they had to be at the same camps and and like events and stuff that's cool team showcase yeah yeah wow marcus stroman and steven matz good for them but matz complete game shutout 99 pitches gets the maddox love me i like complete game shutouts like hint if someone throws a complete game shutout they're like jumping up my my standings of like a standout performance. I'm a big fan of those, especially this day and age. How much those save your team's bullpen nowadays is insane. Right, and it's uh it's crazy how much I, I mean, depending the game situation, but if the game is within like five runs nowadays, as a manager, you can get in trouble if you leave the starter out there too long because teams can put up a crooked number so quick with the, the rate homers are getting hit. And, I mean, especially with the Mets bullpen. A lot of Mets talk. Watch out for that elevator later. But, uh, yeah, it's a huge game for Mets. And, yeah, the Long Island Mets, we're rolling. We like that. We like that. Yeah, I do like that. All right, Jake, what's next? Slump Watch. We have a lot of people on Slump Watch, Jake. Too many. I think we need to I think we need to limit ourselves in the future. We said that last week. Yeah, that's that's the tricky now that we've made the rule that you have to play yourself off. Um that that's that's gonna leave some guys hanging out for a while. <laughs> and uh, the the first collection of guys that Jim, they're staying, and we don't want them to stay. We're so rooting for the Rockies to get off the slump watch, and they just won't do it. Rockies, I mean, is there a point where you it turns into the you're bad watch, and that's how you get off? Because I think that's Ooh. how I think the Rockies might be off slump watch, and they're onto you're just very bad watch. Jim, wish wish this was a baseball podcast, and we had some like baseball terms like three strikes, and you're off the slump watch or something like that. Um, but no, who would think of that? Who would think of something? Like the Rockies that? are off, man. They're just bad now. They're off. Three strikes, you're out for the Rockies. You, uh, you, you rode slump watch too long. You're bad. Yep. Wow, that's tough. Yeah. This is okay. this might be a brutal slump watch then. You um, say Kikuchi. You say you sigh. Uh, he plays himself off, Jim. Six point two turn runs. Get out of here, you sigh. Versus the Tigers, who are the worst team in baseball. But good for you. Take it. Good for you, Kikuchi. 
And what we got? Both Chris Davis. Both Chris Davises. Yeah, man. And so Chris Davis on the Orioles, he only played one game. He went 0 for 3 with a walk. I mean, does, if we're doing new bad watch rules, do we just get Chris Davis out of here? No, he's no, kind, no, he's, no, he's still he's on. He's kind of me. a bad watch. He was, he was, this, this last week was his first time on. I, he stays on for one more week. Okay. Well, he's staying with the other Chris Davis because uh, Chris Davis in Oakland. Uh, he goes one for 13, so he's staying, man. He did have the walk-off walk in game four, though. Stays. Okay. And then we had that's another a, pitcher. You know you know when you're on slump watch like that and a pitcher walks you, that's firmly on the pitcher. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That that's pitcher should feel like an idiot. firmly on the pitcher. All right. You added Homer Bailey to slump watch last week. Yeah. And he, uh, Jim, he he kicks in a good start for the A. Six point two three earned runs, so he's he's clear in my book. Good job, Homer. Quality start. You're off slump watch. All right, now new additions. Yeah, so I I wrote down a couple hitters here, Jim, um, and and we'll see if both make it or, or if expectations become a factor here. I've got a couple guys that are in one for nineteen slides. That's one for nineteen. A uh, couple outfielders. The first one, Greg Allen, for your Believeland Indians. Uh, he's in a slide. Jim, the other guy next to him, uh, towers over him, uh, not necessarily slump-wise, but literally, Aaron Judge. And, God, my Yankee bias kicks in. Oh, keep talking Yankees. Get your Yankees on the slump watch, dude. Good job. Uh, big Aaron, man. You And I, I know the bigger thing, and I, I hope you don't have the numbers in front of you because I don't. Aaron Judge's career numbers at Fenway at this point are getting ugly. Um, yeah, he did have a good postseason uh, at Fenway last year. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah. So last year at Fenway, he was 5-4-9, Jake, hmm. with three runs and two RBIs and two home runs. So, like, that's when it matters most. He, like, really played really well in Fenway in the postseason. But his regular season stats at Fenway are very bad. Yeah. So, but I almost don't uh, care because of how good that postseason stats are. I'll, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll leave it to you in the court of law. I mean, are, are they both on slump watch? Does oh, I does, don't, I don't have a say. You put them on there. They're on. Oh no, I, I thought this was just an open forum where we discuss things. But okay, okay. No, watch. they're on slump watch. Um, yeah. And then I, I probably wouldn't have put Greg on there due to expectations. But you're both on. Sorry, guys. Um, and then, yeah, Jim, the last guy, I put a, another Yankee. I, I just, I live there. I'm, I'm so Yankee-centric. James Paxton, Jim, his last six starts, 29.2 innings, a 6.67 ERA, and the Yankees are 1-5 in, in James Paxton's last six starts. He throws a, a dud against the Red Sox. He was part of that Mookie three-homer game. And, uh, yeah, man, I, Paxton is firmly there. Oh, yeah. Well, if you want to hear me lose my mind about James Paxton, go listen to today's yeah. episode of Talking Yanks. I don't want to relive it because it makes me very angry. Yeah. Very angry. Uh, then, you know uh, who I put on? I put on Slump Watch today? Yeah, looks looks like you got a crew. The Cubs bullpen. Yeah. The Cubs bullpen. They just traded for Derek Holland because they're desperate. They were desperate in 2016. They made a lot of moves. They won the World Series eventually. But... uh I, I went over that like a couple episodes ago, all the moves they made in 2016. They're bad, Jake. The Cubs have blown eight saves in July. Yeah. In July. 
most in the NL and tied for most in baseball. In their last five losses, they had the lead or were tied going into the seventh inning. Every loss comes at the hands of the bullpen. Yeah. Brutal. And dude, that 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 turns into a mental thing at a certain point. Um, I mean, we've kind of seen it with the Mets all year. Like, yes, it's tough not having the talent and performing out of the bullpen. But, dude, when that becomes a thing on your team, you're just living in fear. Living you're living in, in fear. fear. Of that skunk. That skunk. And it's a it's a tough way to, to play baseball, man. So you wonder, yeah, I mean, Derek Holland, I won't say he's the solution. Uh, you wonder what other names they're talking to right now if, if this was talking Cubs. Tweet out at us. Who, who are the Cubbies going out and getting? I'm, I'm sure they've got Felipe Vasquez rumors. Um, who, Ken Giles. Giles. Miles Giles. Diaz. Um, There's a lot of relievers out there. So yeah, if you're a, if you're a Cubs fan, tweet tweet at us. Let let me know. Um, but yeah, man, that's a that's just like a stink that you can't wear off. Yep. Next up, in fuego, in fuego, dirt nasties in fuego. Let's celebrate some good performances. Why don't we? I have some fun ones on here, Jake. That I was like, whoa. I love yeah. learning new names in baseball. There's so many players. Twenty five. Really, 40 times 30, whatever that number is. That's how many players there are. Okay. That can impact a season. This dude never heard of him. I wonder if you had. Josh Van Meter, 24 years old, on the Reds now. He was drafted by the Padres. He's a fifth-round pick. Shorter guy, 5'11". Whoa. He was traded... Jake, as a player to be named later. The Padres traded uh, Luis something from the Reds, and he was the player to be named later that the Reds chose from the Padres. He got called up in May, but only came off the bench for like the whole month or two months, and his numbers aren't great. He finally gets his first chance to start consecutive games. He had never started three games in a row this season. He starts four in a row. And in his last four games, he is hitting 692 with a 733 on base percentage and a 2.195 OPS. Uh, he's got the highest OPS in baseball the last seven days. Never heard of him. He's uh, had a hell of a week. Josh Van Meter from the Reds. He is in fuego. Yeah, I'm, I'm not super familiar, Jim. I just know the last name stands out because we've been to... What was it, Van Meter, Van Meter, Iowa? Uh, I forget. I don't think it was Van Meter. Um, I thought it was Van Van Meter, Iowa. Yeah, I think that's the town. Yeah, that's that's where we we went. What what famous pitcher is from there? Don Supton. Bob What's Feller. It? Bob Feller. Bob the, Feller's from. We went we, to his we museum. Went to, we went to the Bob Feller Museum in Van Meter, Iowa, so that's why that jumps out. But no, not not hyper familiar with Josh. Uh, happy for you, young man. I mean, dude, how how many times does it feel like some we hear about some guy on the Reds just putting up a big performance? Um, dude, they've got to have one of the weirder seasons. Just looking back, like they they've gotten some really good hitting performances. Their starting pitching grades out really well. But when you look back at this red season, it's gonna—it's just like, ugh. Yeah, they uh, their their run differentials amazing, but they just can't win. Yeah. Damn. S- Damn. Sorry, Reds. 
Um, good job, Josh, though. Good job, Josh Van Meter. Happy for you. Yeah. Damn. Who else you got, Jim? Nelson Cruz. He had a three-homer yep. game in his last seven games. He's got a 485 on base percentage with a 1.657 uh, OPS and seven home runs in his last uh, seven games. That's good. Speaking of home runs, Paul Goldschmidt, six games in a row with the home run, Jake. Get him, Goldie. First Tied for first place, Cardinals. Goldie's going to lead the way. In his last seven, he has 13 home runs, 10 hits. 10 hits, six homers, no other extra base hits. It's single or homer. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, Jim, jumping back a little bit, Nelson Cruz. Uh, he is on Edwin Encarnacion's tail for the most home runs this decade. And I know I know that's kind of a – I don't want to say it's, it's a lame stat. It's just a funny way to look at stats, like genuinely from each decade who hits the most home runs. Edwin, Edwin Encarnacion and Nelson Cruz, two guys that we're going to look back and we totally respect as power hitters but won't be remembered as, I guess, all-time greats, and I don't think that's being rude to them. But when you look back at the most home runs hit by players per decade – I mean, you see Babe Ruth, you see Alex Rodriguez, you see all these all-time names, and one of these guys, basically whoever has the better last two months, is going to finish with the most home runs this decade, and whenever they pop that graphic, probably nine years from now, and then 19 years from now, 29 years from now, we're going to look and see that and say, wow, how, how about that? So I, I like a little old man power race in, in the AL. Can you tweet out, like, can you be the guy that gives me the updates on the Nelson Cruz versus Edwin Encarnacion decade homer race I think from I here to the end of the season? I think I can. I think someone needs to give those updates. Follow at Talking Jake on Twitter oh. for your Nelson Cruz, Edwin Encarnacion home and run That's it now. Decade. That's all I'm doing. I'd really like you to be the guy. Every at-bat of each. You need to put alerts on for Nelson Cruz and Edwin Encarnacion at-bats and be dedicated right. to this. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's who you are now. Change your Twitter bio. It's my life. Uh, it's my new life. Uh, what about, I had another rookie on here, Matt Theis. Theis. You heard of this guy? First-round pick. Walk off. Got drafted by the Red Sox. He said, no way, Jose. I'd rather go to college. Then he gets picked up for L.A. Got called up on July 3rd. Did nothing for his first eight games. Passed four games. Baltimore Orioles and the worst pitching staff in America comes to town. Three homers. Two in one game. And one was a walk-off. 429 on base percentage. Matt Theis and Fuego. Proud of you, Matt Theis. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, technically a, a little preview of walk-off watch coming up. Um, Jim, I, I, I threw one pitcher on here. Um, and, man, big Mets episode. Jacob deGrom, Jim. Uh, everyone's been talking Syndergaard with the trade. Zach Wheeler trade rumors. They just go out and get Stroman. Stroman. Jim, Stroman. Jacob De- Stroman. Stroman. Jacob deGrom. Yeah. You're defending NL Cy Young winner. He goes out, he twirls a casual seven innings pitch, zero earned run this week. Yeah, that's fine. Jim, in his last 12 starts, a.k.a. two months, over two months, he's only had one start where he's given up three earned runs. Every other start has been under three to the, to the tune of a 2.10 ERA. And Jim, this month more specifically, Jacob deGrom, 
26 innings pitch with a 1.04 ERA. Uh, so Jacob DeGrom, again, it, it gets tricky with some of these <laughs> DeGrom, Trouts, the studs of the game because they could be in there every week. Uh, Jacob DeGrom deserved to be talked about, so I threw him in there. Well, I have a stud pitcher right behind him. Yes. I have a stud pitcher right Not behind. Not in the NL East, right? Another NL East, guys. These guys no in their NL East bias. Biased. Here's what I want to talk about. Steven Strasburg. So he had a good outing. Great outing. Yeah. He only allowed two base runners. Seven innings pitched, only allowed two base runners, two hits, zero walks. Actually, I think he had a hit by pitch. Damn. So that ruins that. I think it was maybe two hit by pitches. So four base runners. Damn. But one earned run. But Jake, this was the Dodgers coming to town. This was facing off versus Walker Bueller. This was a big game, kind of. You know what I mean? Like that was like you got to come to it. Strasburg versus Bueller. Strasburg comes to. He's having a great month of July. Five starts in the month of July. 1.14 ERA. They have won. They have won. Oh, wow. One, two, three, counting. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The Nationals have won nine. No, ten of the last 11 starts. And Jim, I'll uh, I'll, I'll give you a stat that can help out with that. He leads the NL and wins this year. Um, Well, well, Stevie Strasburg. Yeah, his last 11 starts, they have won. 10 games and he has gotten the decision the winning decision in 10 of those 11 so it's all been him yeah man wow he's uh he's been twirling it it's it's the team that just uh, i feel the american league i feel like right now is living in fear of houston like if houston can drop the bomb at this trade deadline and go out and get Cindergard. Like that would just take out that would take the wind out of everyone's sails. Like Verlander, Syndergaard, Cole. Uh, that that would just be tough to beat. You're starting to get into miracle time, yeah. dude. If these Nats make it with Strasburg, Scherzer, and Corbin, nobody wants to play them. Living in fear of that skunk of those Nats. Um, and I know the Dodgers have good pitching too, and and they've got a lot of talent. But I, you want the Nats in a seven game set? I, I, Poppy Gordo doesn't. Ooh, for those that speak don't speak Spanish, that means right. fat dad. Uh, it's around there loosely. <laughs> it's a loose <laughs> translation. And it's your nickname for yourself since like you're 14 years old. It's a loose translation. Yeah, it's a I don't know self fulfilling prophecy. Whatever you want to label it. Um, but- Jim and I actually I had this as the I had this as the segue from Enfuego, um, but we can end it with it. And I I forget if we I don't know if this is our first guy to ever do it. Jim, I'm putting Jonathan VR from Slump Watch last week to Enfuego. Wow, um, what a transition! What a transition! What what do we have a nickname for those guys? What's something that go microwave guys? They get hot in a hurry. No, that's stolen from NBA. Um, but may, maybe let's figure out a name from. Going from slump watch. Well, to I got Fuego. started from the bottom. Now they can hear that song about deaf people and cochlear implants. 
Yeah. Okay. We can. Uh. We can work. We'll. We'll brain shop after this. Tweet at us. <laughs> tweet, t- tweet at us if you go from slump watch to in fuego. What that is. Uh. In the four games sent against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California. Uh. My guy, Jonathan VR, went ten for eighteen. He scored nine runs in four games. Five RBI. Two home runs. Five stolen bases. Jim. Uh, a 5.56 batting average with a 1.563 OPS. Uh, my guy went nuts this series, so I'm I'm ha- I'm happy for Jonathan VR. Oh yeah, you know who's not happy? A lot of people that happy? got mad. A lot of people got mad, Jim. Who got mad? Who got mad? Uh, Bowers, the big one. But first, there was a uh, Ramon Loriano and Sampson. Adrian Sampson argument. Did you see all this? The backstory is wild. I did see all this. And there, there was another A's teammate involved, too. I'm, yeah, I'm blanking uh, on his. Uh, uh, Mark Canna. Canna. I don't yeah, know how to say Canna. it. Canna, yeah. So the backstory is that Canna took Sampson deep on June 8th in Arlington. And he, he really didn't. He watched it. He watched his ball fly through the oh, night sure. sky and then just dropped his bat. No bat flip, nothing. And Samson is one of these Bumgarner types, but he's bad, so it doesn't really make yeah. sense. Like, you're, dude, you're going to get really worked up if you're upset every time someone hits a home run and admires it off you. So he's like, run! And uh, is it Canna or Kana? I can never figure it out. It's a Canna-Kana. Canna-Kana. So he's like, I'll run, whatever. I don't care. And then Samson was so mad on that June 8th game that he uh, got Loriano out for the last out of the inning. And Loriano says he stepped on his bat. Like, like Loriano dropped his bat on the first baseline as he was running, and the dude was walking towards the dugout and just stepped right on the bat, and he was mad about that. Yeah. So Kana goes deep. He sprints right away out the box. He gets his revenge. And then, and then Loriano goes deep, and he looks at Samson and says, why don't you step on this one? Then uh, Samson's mad at him. He tells the ump, like, you see what he did? And then they get this whole... Whole bench. Oh, then they hit him later on. New pitcher yeah. came in and hit him, but I think it was on purpose. But whatever. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's going to be tough for me to go a full show without without talking about Ramon Loriano, uh, one of my favorites. He uh, he had a bomb. He had a bomb in his redemption shot. Uh, just turned on an inside pitch, and then uh, yeah, he, he pointed at him. He, he showed him the bat, and he said, "You're going to step on it now." And the pitcher. <laughs> And that the best part of that exchange was the pitcher and the umpire, and you you were all over this in your breakdown. The pitcher starts huffing and puffing over to the first baseline, going "Run to first, run to first. and Loriano's just there, like, "Dude, hit another home run, like get over it." And the umpire comes over and he's like, hey, "You got to calm down. Like, there's this is good for baseball. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry he hit a home run off of you, but guys enjoying home runs is what we want. So sorry, dude, catch the net." Yeah, and he like turns to the ump like he started it. It's like, dude, you're. I didn't. I wasn't a fan of Samson before because I didn't know where he was. Not a fan now, unless he wants to come on the show. Yeah, then I like you. So uh, that was some madness. And then, dude, the the Diamondbacks and the Marlins emptied benches, but no one cared. Like no one yeah. cares because it's the Marlins and the Diamondbacks. But Christian Walker got hit twice. If we have any fans of those teams listening, I, I apologize that no one was interested. But Christian Walker got thrown inside twice, and he's walking down the first line baseline. He's just screaming like, fuck, 
God damn it. Fuck. Fuck. Not looking at the pitcher. Just kind of like I just got hit twice. And right. the, the diving back to dugout was started like screaming out to the field. Like, come on. Blah, blah. Barking. So uh, is it Tehran Guerrero looks at them and is like, come on. You want something? Come on. And like starts calling them up. And then it's a whole thing. Is bad. I mean, I might do a breakdown of it, but it's pretty. It's like a. It's real dumb. Sometimes I like the dumbness. This one's like so uninteresting and bad. The big one is Trevor Bauer. The yeah. biggest story in baseball, if we're being honest. Yeah. Turns, throws the ball over the center field fence because he had like I see a lot of people saw the clip, Jake, and they didn't get any of the context. That's why when I made my breakdown, I was I, I was like, I have to show why he's so frustrated. Because it had nothing to do. So if you just see the clip, people are trying to paint it. I'm sure there's ESPN hot take shows right now painting it as he didn't, he was refusing to give the ball to Terry Francona and like he didn't want to be taken out of the game. That is not what happened at all. They're going to try and paint it like that. He was, he threw the ball. He had a ball first and he threw it at the backstop. Then they gave him a new ball, but he didn't want a new ball. So he threw it over center field fence. Like he's just mad at himself and the terrible luck and the bad inning. So I'm, I'm, I'm already annoyed with people saying, like, he showed up as manager. No, he acted like crazy immature. You can say that. He didn't, he didn't, it was not a, like, I don't want to come out of this game. He knew he was coming out of the game. Yeah, and I, I think it's funny, Jim, because I, I know you were, you were saving this. I'm, I'm going to flip it on you. I, I don't think Trevor Bauer got mad. I think Trevor Bauer was frustrated. I think Terry Francona got mad. <laughs> well, he, well, Bauer was mad. <laughs> yeah, I I know it was just a little words play to come back at you because Ter- Tito dropped a big "What the fuck are you doing, son?" on him, which uh, Terry Francona doing that is always a good time. Uh, one of one of the best dudes in baseball. But yeah, I mean Bauer was frustrated. There was what was there was a swinging bunt the play before that. There's a couple balls that leaked through. Uh, so a yeah, drop, Bauer a dropped a dropped fly out because the sun blinded Mercado. Right, the sun got in the way of of. Olivier Mercado or guy. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just pure frustration. And if this was anybody else, they'd like there, if this, if this was someone who wasn't Bauer, which to be fair, it is Bauer. And he's put, when you put yourself out and you do weird stuff and you be kind of gruff with the media times or whatever you want to be, you set yourself up for when something like this happens, they're going to blow it up on you. Um, if this was just kind of a random guy or, you know, if this if this was just someone we knew as a competitor or DeGrom or whoever it was, we'd say like, wow, I mean, this is this guy frustrated or what? Um, what a competitor. But because it's Bauer, we're like, I told you this guy can be a troubling presence. So I, I just think it's so funny how how quick people can flip the script on it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've, I've got no problem with it. You find him. I think you find Bauer because you just you can't do that. You can't let players know it's okay to twirl balls into the stands. But I, I mean, that should be it. Like that, that should be the end of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's I, I was trying to say like I can't love guys for beating up water coolers and like being intense, and then hate Bauer on this incident. But that is uh, only talking about the isolated incidents of this because there right. is other Bauer stuff from the past where you're like, dude. You seem like a lot to deal with in a clubhouse yeah. and on a team. And but I do like the fire and intensity, and he is a really good pitcher. But uh he he was not refusing to give the ball to the manager because he did not want to be taken out of the game. 
I just want to make yeah. sure that everyone knows that because that is what the hot take and the the people that didn't watch the full inning and just watch the clip are trying to portray this as. That is not what happened. Yeah. Well, and the, I mean, the secret double reversey here, Jim, is that Cleveland told Bauer, they're like, dude, we have to trade you. Um, you know, we just can't afford you and we have to get value out of here. So just do something a little weird this game so that we can spin that into the trade deadline and that's why we're trading you. So that's so that so when they trade Bauer, the fans won't get mad. They'll be like, "Yeah, I guess when he threw the ball, that was the last hump that broke that the camel was the straw." Last straw. Yeah. Oh, dude, I forgot about a quote I wanted to say about the Loriano Okay. Uh, ejection. Did you see this? I put it here. Loriano was asked if he enjoyed his home run off Samson and he said, "To be honest, I don't enjoy anything. It just kind of happens and that's it." Yeah, I mean so he's uh he's, he's, a, he's essentially my religion currently is Ramon Laureano. He's like just a fatalist, just uh dead inside. It's pretty awesome. He's uh let's best. let's rifle through walk off watch cuz there were so many. There were so many, dude. I you you can run, man. Brewers came back at, uh, over the Cubs. The Cubs took the lead. In the tenth, and then the, or something like that, and then the Brewers came back. Kimber lost it. Yelich home run to tie it, and then our dude, how do you say his name? Kenton Herrero. That's can't be right. Uh, yeah, Keston Hiera. Keston Hiera hits the walk off. Good for him. He's having a good year. Teoscar Hernandez, bottom of the twelfth, hit a leadoff homer to beat the Rays. Matt Theis hit a home run to win it for the Angels. Seattle had two walk offs. The first was Kyle Seeger single and Malik Smith single. The second was a Dylan Moore double and a JB Crawford single, both over Detroit. Uh, Oakland had a walk off walk with Chris Davis, and the Marlins walked off with two consecutive sack flies. They scored three runs in the game, all on sack flies. Again. I think that wins the least interesting series, the Marlins and the Diamondbacks. Because yeah, things that's, things that's happened tough. in it, and even myself, a baseball lover, like couldn't like, get myself to like go check it out. Yeah, and uh, maybe maybe a little deflating for our our D backs too. Well, they, that's a team that's still kind of a wild card at this deadline. Are they going to move a lot? Or are they going to move very little? What um, to watch for? Brian Cashman making trades with the Diamondbacks as the Diamondbacks come to the Bronx and play a two-game set versus the Yankees. I think he's yeah, going to be trying. I think he's going to be wheeling deal and asking about Robbie Ray, asking about Granky. I think he's going to be Cashman's going to be trying to do something right then and there. Classic Yankees move, making them making the Rays play them right before the trade deadline so they could try to get their pitchers. That's so Yankees. Yeah, we had three debuts, Jake. Yeah. None of them uh, highly touted or crazy things happened. Jeremy Walker, relief pitcher for the Braves, made his debut. Uh, Jose Rodriguez, relief pitcher for the Angels, made his debut. Ryan Court, uh, hitter for Seattle, he got a couple yeah, hits. Played a little, played a little first base right field. Yeah, he uh, pinch hit in his first first game, lined out to left, and then he got like two hits in his next game. Hit the ball hard, got a ground rule double. Good for him. Yeah, and Jim, I, I think the the bigger news, because you're right, not not a lot of big-name prospects. Ryan Court, major, major league debut at age 31. So good for you, dude. Two hits. You're, uh, you, have I did a not... you have a lifetime trump card on pretty much everyone you ever meet. I, I did not uh, look into that. That's crazy. Good for him. He's older than us, Jim. Take that, Ryan. A loser. <laughs> Ooh, 
older than us and more successful in baseball. Enjoy, your, enjoy playing Major League Baseball, you loser. Enjoy health, health, health care for life. Ah. Awards. Awards. The awards segment of the show, Jim. I think you get to go first. I go first, Jim. And I am giving out the Tums Award. I think I should go on Mondays and you should go on Fridays because you're more of a Friday guy and I'm more of a Monday guy. But wow, we'll see how. I'm actually I'm actually a pretty big Monday supporter. No, but you're like a party fun guy. I'm a loser. Uh, with that mentality, you're right, Jim. That's what I'm saying. Um, but that's, I want you to shake that mentality, so I, I think it's wrong. Um, oh wow, Jim, the Tums Award. We yeah. we give out. One one of my favorite awards in baseball through the years was the Rolades Reliever of the Year Award. <laughs> um, Jim, I, I think we need to start giving out the Tums Award. Um, you know, are they competing companies? Are they together? No, Rolades and Tums are separate, right? No idea, but I'm Team Tums all the way through you, and through. You're my ex, you're my expert in the field on that. Um, I, I never done. But Rolades. Jimmy, we need to start giving the Tums Award to the best field player pitcher of the year and jim we had a field player made history stevie wilkerson comes in and gets the save in the 16 inning angels orioles game um and yeah i mean a field player coming in twirling it getting a save that's 2019 baseball baby. did you watch it did you watch it yeah, I saw he, he had some. He had the floater going. Yeah, it was, uh, it was the only pitch he was throwing, and it it makes a lot of sense because, like, if you were to take a professional baseball player and throw them into a slow pitch softball game, they wouldn't do great their first two at bats because it's so different. And that's basically what he was doing to them. Yeah, he. Uh, I wanted to make a breakdown of it. After he threw every ball, he got into like this crazy ready position, like jumped into it like a cat, like oh, it's gonna come back. And every time they put one in play, he was looking up like crazy, like, are you going to catch it? He's like so excited and into it. Yeah. Like, you would think a pitcher would just be like lobbing it and like whatever the fuck happens, happens. He was like, no, let's get this. <laughs> it was pretty fun. And I mean, talk about, I, I, it's probably something that's going to be mentioned when uh, the next CBA or, or any rule changes get brought up because <laughs> there's something to be said about baseball when you're having a, an outfielder come in and try to get a save in a 10 to eight game. It was 16 innings. I, I get there's ex, extraneous factors there. Um, Hey, and Stevie Wilkerson, Jim, he's got four innings on the year now, two, two, five ERA. He's given up one earned run. It was a Yabo. Um, so Stevie Wilkerson, he is my leader for, for Tum, the Tums award this season. Nice. Wow. Good job, Stevie yeah. Wilkerson. Yeah. My award is the You Got Got award. Ooh, tough. Oh, yeah. I've been on the end of this award. It's not a good feeling. You Got Got, dude. You know what it goes to? Who Got Got? Ben Gamble. Wow. I was going to mention Ben Gamble earlier because I didn't realize he he's hanging out on the Brewers now, right? Did you see Javi Baez's fake tag? Oh, yes. I did see that. I didn't realize that was Gamble. Nice. Dude, it was the ninth or tenth inning. Gamble reaches due to error. Tied game. He steals second to get into scoring position. The Cubs throw the ball into the outfield. Javi misses the ball. Gamble overslides the bag. He could have very easily got up and ran to third, and now you have the go-ahead run on third base. 
but Javi fakes like he has the ball in his glove. And Javi did it so well, man, because he didn't just straight up tag him. Because if he did that, the ump would not call him out, you know? Right. So he, like, intentionally didn't tag him, but was trying to tag him. And Gamble scurries back to second base. Javi doesn't have the ball. He got got. It was, uh, it's awesome. It, it's a highlight that if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, you need to look up. Yeah, I um, want to do a breakdown of that and of Bumgarner not knowing he struck out. Yeah, they they did the little like chicken dance where you're kind of you're juking each other for a second, and the fact that Javi thought of that immediately is just so good. Um, well, the fact he didn't just, tag him like he had to do the juking tag, right? And he just he had the self awareness um, to to do all of that immediately. And he, he didn't flinch at all, which a lot of guys, normally a guy would flinch and then maybe try to do that, or they wouldn't try to do that at all. And uh, Javi, man, I, I, I think that's a guy, he, he'd be at the top of the list, I feel, of if you watch that guy play baseball every day, that I think you just fall in love with him. I agree. I agree. I wonder if he did touch him with his glove without a ball in it, if he can get called for obstruction. Probably. I know that, like, in high school, you can't do a fake tag because it's obstruction. It's automatic. And I, I know that that's not the rule in the majors. Jeter used to do a fake tag all the time. But I wonder if he does make contact, if then they could say that's obstruction and I get to go to third. There's probably something in the rules about that. Yeah, that's um, interesting. But anyway, Gamble, you got got. Yeah. Saw, saw Gamble on the brew crew. He fits in there. Yep. He does, actually. You ready for yeah. elevator talk? Elevator talk. Favorite segment. If you're new, two minutes will go on the clock. It's a fake two minutes, kind of. Uh, we're going to spin a wheel. It's got all 30 teams on it. We're going to try and have it land on a team we haven't discussed. If you find yourself in an elevator with a fan of this team, you will be able to hold a conversation, have some fodder. Jake and I will go to the websites that we go to and pull up some information, some conversation starters for you to have. You ready? Let's get it. We're spinning. We're spinning, spinning. We're spinning. Houston Astros. We did them like two episodes ago. Yeah, they're 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 we're pushing them for now. They're really good. Tampa Bay Rays. Ooh, we could ray out. I mean, we gave you a little bit. They just traded for Sogard. They just traded for Sogard, so uh, that's a big move. I think they're going to flip them. I think they're in the hunt for more. They're in the race with the uh, Red Sox. They're strongly in the race for the wild card. Pretty strong. They, uh, they're they probably not going to win the division. No, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it, I mean, them, the Sox, and the A's, they, they are battling. Um, they could use another stick, man. I, I mean, they, uh, G-Man Choi at first base, an old friend of the program, but uh, he could use a little more. Tommy Fan gets hot. Austin Meadows hasn't been who he was. He's still putting together a nice year. They they could use another twig or two. Travis Darno has been doing great things for them. Oh, my God. Um, I, I don't know, Jim. This was the team that everyone around baseball was saying was going to make a big trade this deadline, and I, I don't even know what that would be. Um, and, and the, the other thing you know about the Rays is that their, their pitching has just been so good this year. Um, yeah, I, they, uh, they, they're not shy to use that bullpen. It's new baseball a little bit. They are still first in the AL and ERA. Um, 
Blake Snell just went down for the year. That hurts them. If they can get Tyler Glass now back, holy smokes, he he was impressive um, early that's on the season. That's what I was going to say. They got a lot of guys on the IL right now. They got Jose yeah. Alvarado, Yandy Diaz, Avisel Garcia, Tyler Glass now, Kevin Kiermeyer, Brandon Lau, Tommy Fan, Blake Snell, and Ryan Stanek. Those are guys that are part of this team. Uh, some huge, some small, but still have their role. Like they all, all those guys have a role on the team, and they're all hurt right now. They need to get healthy. They have a three-game set coming up against the Red Sox, so this is huge for them. They just lost yeah. two out of three to the Sox, and the Sox are playing good baseball. So they uh, they need to uh, they need to win this series. I think it's and like they, a, it's a it's a big series for them. Charlie Morton's having a fantastic year. Talk about he was, that. He was the name. He was the name I was gonna say, Jim. If, if you're if you see a Rays fan, you give him a, a firm like, damn that that Charlie Morton signing. That's a that's one of the best signings of the offseason. He's he's looked his numbers match what he looks like on the bump this year. Um, some some of the best stuff I've watched live this season. Yep. And then you need Brendan McKay. Maybe he comes back. He's Ooh, a big two-way McKay, two-way McKay hitter and pitcher. So that's really fun. Yeah, I think that's it. That's it. Oh, and they play in the terrible, terrible place. So there you go. Oh yeah, make make fun of the trop on. That's your that's your way out of the elevator and like oh, got to get out of the trop, huh? See you yeah. later, bro. I'd love to go to a game at the trop, but I don't want to wait two hours in traffic to go to a stadium where the power goes out. Ooh, boom. That ends the show, Jake. Tough. Tough end for the Rays today. We'll be back on Friday, and there's going to be a lot of trades. Like, I don't even know how we're going to do a full show. It might have It's going to be nuts. I, I, I thought about trying to rope you into, like, a half-hour, 40-minute trade up Wednesday night. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah we'll see how my, what's going on in my life. We'll see. But life. Thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, leave a rating and review if you uh, are so inclined. We would appreciate that. And uh, as always, we need help. Slump Watch in Fuego. Some people were tweeting stuff in. Who got mad? Oh, Robbie Cano. Someone wanted us to put him on Slump Watch. I didn't look into it, but I uh, I think maybe maybe we'll have a user submission maybe in the future. So anyway, get, get be our researchers. Thanks for listening. We will see you on Friday or maybe Wednesday. Last words, Jake? Go the trade deadline. Excited. Be crazy, baseball. Take win a news cycle. How about that? Win the news cycle. See you guys. Talking baseball. Hey everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not gonna wanna miss. The deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to the deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.